Hey, super dope. Happy Wednesday uh, afternoon. Uh, just a little afternoon now. Uh, Got to get this thing out to you guys shortly. Sorry, it's taken a little bit longer to get this one done today. Um, I've had a very busy last uh, 10 days, two weeks or so stretch of time. Uh, what with the roommate moving out and just getting my apartment resituated. Um, also launching the business and, you know, the websites, pitching new clients. It's been a, a busy two weeks, but a great two weeks. Um, anyway, this one's a little late. We recorded Monday night. It's a really long episode. Uh, this is chapter our chapter 66 review for Dragon Ball Super um, Moro, Consumer of Planets. Uh, this one is uh, me and Leonard break it down each month, and we invite our patrons to come sit in. This month we're joined by uh, Marcus and Reese. Um Long episode, great episode, very fun. Uh, 90 minutes of uh, action-packed laughs aplenty, for sure. So um, real quick, before we get to the episode, there was one piece of Dragon Ball news that came out last week that did not come up in our conversation uh, until after we stopped uh, recording for the the public cut. And uh, and Reese brought it up and said, hey, did you hear You know, Kirby Morrow passed away? Uh, the voice actor for Goku. And I, I had heard about it, but it just didn't come up organically uh, in our conversation. It sh- I should have been something I'd written down. Um, he passed away, uh, I think it was last Thursday, so about a week ago now, um, at the age of 47. His brother announced it via a Facebook post and basically said, hey, my brother's passed away, and that's all the information I've got. No clear cause of death indicated at this point. Um, so for Dragon Ball fans, uh, he is the guy who voiced Goku in the ocean dubs. Um, so the other English speaking countries in the world, uh, Canada, Australia, um, European English speaking countries, um, from episode 160 on of Dragon Ball Z back in the day, Kirby Mora was likely the guy that you were listening to, uh, as the voice of Goku, not Sean Chemmel. Um, that's uh, when Funimation basically stopped working with Ocean Dubs, took their productions uh, in-house, <laughs> and um, moved things to Texas. Ocean Dubs continued to uh, you know, localize it in, in English uh, for other countries, and Kirby Morrow was the guy from episode 160 through the end of Z. Um, I didn't realize that he had a, a lot of acting roles, not only just in voice acting, but, you know, on television as well, um, you know, physical acting. Um, I guess uh, his most notable of which was Captain Dave Kleinman in Stargate Atlantis. I think Carlton liked that show because he likes all the Stargate stuff. But he did, you know, English dubs for Inuyasha. He was the voice of Cyclops on X-Men Evolution. Um, I guess he also had recurring roles on The Good Doctor, Legion, supernatural and the l word um so obviously a very accomplished uh actor a very um notable career uh, terrible loss 47 years old man i if we if we get any kind of indication as to what happened um you know i'll be sure to give you guys the update if i hear it um man it's terribly sad Oh, shit, he even worked in the superhero world as well. Supergirl, Arrow, and The Flash. His Supergirl character, Officer Petrocelli, appears in three episodes. Huh, man. He also was, uh, I guess, the voice in Ninjago. Uh, Lego Ninjago? 
is Lego Ninjago? I don't know. <sighs> it's sad. Um, rest in peace, Kirby Morrow, age 47, man. Terrible. So, um, here comes the chapter 66 review, uh, with Leonard Marcus and Reese. Um, hope you guys have a good Thanksgiving. Uh, be safe if you're going to your, you know, family stuff. Um, wash your fucking hands. You know, be, don't be making out with your cousins because generally frowned upon. Never mind during the Corona times. Um, hope you guys enjoy the episode. Talk with you next week. I think maybe we'll have Goshen. I think if not, maybe uh, NDL. If you don't know who NDL is, you will. You will. Talk to you soon. Super dope. Welcome into Dragon Ball Super Dope. Thank you for checking this out. Uh, my name is Kyle. I am joined today for our monthly Dragon Ball Super manga breakdown uh, by my friend, co-host, Leonard. Leonard, what's up, my friend? Oh, you know, just everything. I can finally read again, so I'm very happy about that. Did you lose your ability to read briefly? Nah, it was just some laws that were passed that they didn't allow us to read, but now I can, so. It's always about those three-fifth jokes with you, man, making me feel very self-conscious right out the gate. Well, hey, man, I'll tell you what, I'm there for three-fifths of the co- podcast, so. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. All right, so uh, typically what me and Leonard try to do uh, each month is uh, we will sit down with, uh, or we extend the invitation to uh, the people who support us on Patreon to sit in on the conversation and, uh, you know, I try to get some questions out to them a little beforehand so that way they got some time to uh put together their thoughts and basically weigh in on each chapter month to month. Um, if you want to get in on that Patreon deal, uh, go do that. It's patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. Uh, most recently joined people. One of them is joining us today. Marcus Woods. How are you, brother? I'm great, man. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, long, long time supporter of the show. It's good to see your face and hear your voice, dude. It's great to be here, fellas. It's definitely a long time coming. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we were talking before the show started. If you want to get a little bit of the pregame, uh, this story is not included because I didn't do the pregame as long as I normally do. However, Marcus gave us a uh, a good story on how we initially found the podcast. And he's been around since seemingly month one. And uh, we, we love and appreciate his continued support and him joining that Patreon. So he's joining us today. Um, additionally, we did have someone else join in the last week, uh, Tyson, I'm, I'm saying it like this cause I want to believe in my brain that you are related to the current bass player of Metallica, uh, Tyson Trujillo, Trujillo, not Trujillo, it's Trujillo. Tyson, tell me I'm right in your pronunciation and that maybe, just maybe you have an uncle Rob. Um, thank you for joining in on that $5 tier. Um, he actually did join Roshi secret stash as well. Our Facebook group got in some answers about this chapter, uh, for the questions that I have for you guys today. Uh, so I'll be reading Tyson's answers and a couple of answers. We got uh, my buddy Craig weighed in kind of beefed with my buddy, Ryan about, uh, Vegeta a little bit. Don't, don't, <sighs> don't do stupid things. So chapter 66, um, Moro consumer of worlds. We had a lot of leaks come out last week. Um, 
so much to the point that it almost made my podcast a null and void uh, within a couple of hours of being released because they just kept releasing more and more leaks for this chapter. So we did have uh, a pretty good idea on what was going to transpire. As I said, though, there's usually a couple of things that they hold back and, you know, there has to be a reason for you to actually read the chapter, right? So the few things that they did hold back, I think, and that we saw eventually in the full chapter, it kind of salvaged uh, things for me. Uh, overall, I, I think, I don't know, I think maybe I'm just really happy to get to the conclusion of this arc and move on to something new because this shit's been dragging for a few months now. Um, overall thoughts of the chapter before I get into the individual questions, Leonard, just, uh, just glad that's kind of over. Excited to see what the new chapter will bring. That's what she said. Marcus. Yeah, I'm kind of with him. I'm ready to move on. I think this has been a little bit too far. A little too drawn out. Tried to one up themselves just a little bit too much. I'd like to be able to, to move on to something else when I'm reset and get some new fresh ideas going. They're always trying to kick up the stakes by just recycling shit they did within the last 30 years at some point. Um, so chapter opens. Uh, we have um, full on Earth Moro. Like he is part of the dirt, the soil, the earth itself he, he is the earth and he is now draining the energy from everybody on earth um it's confirmed when you know everyone gohan vegeta krillin everyone's like man my body feels real heavy and it's because he's draining their body uh because they're standing on the earth so they float up in the air to try to you know help negate that a little bit um earth moro though i'm not um i, I think compared this design to some Naruto stuff. I could be wrong. Leonard, you let me know, but um, some people love this design and thought it was like grotesque and cool and scary in, in a cool way. And then other people um, did not feel that way. They felt that it was stupid and grotesque and unnecessary and over the top for no reason. Um, so I'll, I'll pose the questions to you guys. Uh, Earth Moro, cool or not cool uh so i guess the thing that i could see where it's like naruto fans would get upset i mean i haven't really heard many naruto fans talk about how this kind of copies naruto but the way that i think of it it's probably when it was naruto versus gara and gara is like part sand part human type of thing because uh his uh inner beast shukaku was like coming out of the the earth <laughs> from his own sand. So Shukaku sounds dirty. It does, and uh, and let me tell you, get some sand in your pants. You're gonna have a Shukaku time. Uh, but I digest. I mean, digress. Uh, I think it was very interesting because I mean, of course, seeing last chapter, chapter sixty-five. Um, just the fact that he decided to become the Earth, I was like, hmm, I have not seen that in a Dragon Ball, like anything. So that's we've definitely been, uh, we've definitely seen uh, instances of um, the villain having to take over a more powerful host or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think automatically of uh, Baby 
um, taken over yeah. Saiyan bodies and through GT for sure. Like I'm sure there are other examples that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head, but the idea that he's got so much power overflowing through him that he, the only vessel large enough for him to, cons- to be able to contain all of that power. And even then it's going to destroy the earth. And it, at that point, probably the entire galaxy, um, the earth being the only vessel, I guess made sense, but I, I don't know. Like they, I don't know. I guess visually just like his face being like this big rocky mud thing. Like it just was so off putting. Like they could have very easily done a thing where like he's proportionally like the same kind of fighter, but like his fucking feet are connected to the earth at all times. Or like some part of him is going to like, they could have done a million different things. I guess I just don't like the visuals of it. Um, Marcus, what, what do you, what do you feel about this man? Cool or not cool on earth morrow? Yeah, I, I think the concept, the I, I think that could have worked. The execution is lacking at best. Uh, I don't need to see Moro the Hut out here looking like a big sloppy mess. Moro the Hut, dude, oh fucking great. That Maybe that's great. why, like intrinsically, I'm just like this Java the Hut Moro looking motherfucker. But I don't even know that. Man, it, it's it's not a good look, but. I think that the thing that really threw me off was they've already done something kind of similar to this in Super with, with Zamasu. They, they had him kind of take over the universe. It, it, it wasn't necessarily the planet itself and wasn't connected, but he was connected to everything. So to use that again, I think that's the, the biggest problem for me with this entire arc is it just seems like they continuously recycle bit after bit after bit just to create more content That's i would have liked point. to have seen a, a more focused storyline maybe something you know lean into the magic a little more instead of for absorption yeah yeah for 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 an arc that started off so magic heavy man they certainly started to abandon a lot of uh oh, the, the magic approach yeah um, until, you know, kind of the end here of this chapter where uh, the Daikaioshin suddenly is boom back around again. But before we get there, um, all right, cool point. Um, Tyson weighed in, said he's, he thought it was kind of lame. And you know what, Tyson? I agree with you. But also I now find out or I now realize, I should say, um, it's because I fucking hate Jabba the Hutt and what he did to Han Solo. My buddy Ryan, who we'll get to more <laughs> in a little bit. Um, he thought Planet Moro was awesome and is a cool shout out to comic books that have living planets. All right. Yeah, I, I suppose. Um, Marcus, great point, though, with the Zamasu thing and the fact that at the end of that arc, like he became the entirety of that reality. Like his face is like multiplied a million times over for the entire sky. The only option they have is Zeno button. It was nice that it didn't get to that point with the Zeno button seemingly for this but um it had certainly like it it seemed like it was walking us down that path for sure so we do get the visual of you know the big giant moro hands uh coming in to fight a little tiny small goku normal goku um the visuals of that i thought were pretty interesting callbacks to like the same kind of vibes of uh you know them fighting you know giant azarus or uh giant namekians or giant any harutagarn some of those blocks for our straight out of movie 13 you know 
Um, so those were cool little things to see, but it seems at that point that the situation's gotten so dire that Beerus decides, all right, it's time for me to step in. It would be very inconvenient uh, if the earth uh, is erased. Um, food here is real dope. I should probably do something. And, you know, the second he, like, starts to get ready to go, uh, Whis gets a call on his staff from uh, Granddaddy Grand Priest, and they are being summoned to go discuss something. We're not told what that something is. However, Weiss does sort of speculate that it probably has something to do with Miris having just poof disappeared uh, within the last, you know, however many minutes this has, you know, been on the battlefield. Um, so why do we think they're going to go talk to the Grand Priest? Do you think it's about, because I've been calling this entire time that, you know, it's about, the the fact that mortals are you know tapping into this power of gods in this mastered ultra instinct form and you know it's gotten to this point where even Beerus was considering you know stepping in and fighting like it could be some combination of those two things that's kind of enraged the grand priest but also you know Miris disappearing Miris is one of his children um when Beerus, and I don't think I put this question really out there, but I, I kind of meant to ask it organically in this outline here. Um, when they do go and talk to the Grand Priest, what do you guys think that conversation is going to be about? Any of those three things? None of those three things? A combination? Uh, Marcus, we'll start with you. Do we really know yet that the Grand Priest is enraged at this point? I mean, at the he could just be summoning them to uh, have dinner. We don't know. Right. And the context would lead us to believe that it probably is something that he's not happy about, but we don't have that for sure. So I, I really don't have a guess as to what it could even be at this point. There's not enough clues to let me know. I'm telling you, man, he's pissed. Leonard, what do you got, baby? Um, I don't think it's, I think it might have something to do with Miris being gone, because I feel like obviously the Grand Priest would probably know that, and then um, in regards to that, I think it's going to happen where something either happens to Beerus getting in some sort of trouble, or Weeks, either one of them, which I think if either one gets in trouble, they'll both just be in trouble in general. And I think maybe what may possibly happen, I mean, this is just a far reach out here, but maybe it may lead to within the next chapter that we start seeing less of the God of Destruction and his angel. Huh. So I, there is a line I'm, that does remind me of that. And that's specifically when Beerus says, you guys need to take care of your own problems, which the whole fan base has been saying since Resurrection F, don't have the gods fix everything. Let the characters fix it. Let them find some unique way, even if it's just literally pulling something out of your butt and hanging them with it. Just something different. Yeah, and I that... think this might be leading to it. 
Yeah, that was a very like meta moment. Like the second Beerus is like, just solve your own problems. Earth's problems aren't my problems, kid. Peace. By the way, save me some food. I was like, yeah, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, that's what I've been saying all along. I'm glad that your dad just called you up, dickhead. Took you away, fucking champion. Speaking of champions, I think Reese may be joining us shortly. We'll see if he uh pops in on the call. Um, however, I, I think it could be a combination of the things, right? So. The idea that Maris, you know, went against his angel oath and decided to fight to try to protect the universe. Who is the Grand Priest going to be able to blame for that? I don't think anybody. The person he could blame for that is already gone. All right. So I think that kind of eliminates one of those three things that I brought up. The second one, um, the idea of Goku uh, working with Mastered Ultra Instinct and having the power of gods or whatever. And uh, maybe even Vegeta having this uh, forced spirit fission factors into it as well. Who knows? I I wonder if maybe he, like you said, Marcus, maybe he's not mad about it at all, but maybe he's, maybe he's curious about it. You know, he's like, maybe he's in recruitment mode. Um, You know, I said it at some point in the not so distant past. Um, There is precedent for in Dragon Ball um, for one um, God of Destruction to step down, retire, and have somebody else take over. Maybe the Grand Priest is thinking somewhere in that vicinity, and maybe he's got eyes set on Goku or Vegeta to take on some sort of role in that hierarchy. Um, and then the third point, I, I don't know if it's a, a coincidence that immediately after Beerus decides and says out loud to everybody, all right, it's time for me to get involved. It's time for me to step up and do something because it would be inconvenient if I lose the earth. When he knows damn well he should not be doing things like that, the fact that the call came in within like 10 fucking seconds. Yeah, that's a good point. That's like the time that I went to the fucking rock and roll, uh, rock and roll hall of fame in, in Cleveland, Ohio. And like tried to pay with my debit card. I'm like, I've been using my debit card all the way up to Ohio on this road trip for like a few days leading up to then. And then I went to pay for my ticket and I know I had a bunch of money. And they were just like, nope, we see where you are. You're in Ohio. So I called my bank and I was like, yo, what the fuck, dude? I know I got money. I'm getting turned down to look like a broke ass motherfucker in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm a rock and roll musician. Don't you understand the irony of this? And they were like, oh, well. You didn't let us know you were traveling. You're in Ohio. Don't you know that Ohio is the number one state in the country for credit card fraud? I was like, why the fuck would I know that? I don't know. I'll let you know I'm traveling next time. Please take the block off my card. I look like a broke-ass motherfucker, and this is the only goddamn currency I got. Anyway, it's kind of like that with Weiss, Beerus, and the Grand Priest. Beerus says that stupid shit out loud. That's the equivalent of me trying to pay my admission fee of twenty six fifty or whatever the fuck it was on a Tuesday morning. And then Weiss is the the communicator of the bad news. That's the person on the other side of the counter saying, I'm sorry, sir, your card's been declined for a third time. Even though I'm like, dude, I know I got money in my bank right now. And then the Grand Priest is the woman on the other end of the fucking customer service line saying, yeah, what the fuck are you doing, dude? You got to let us know you're going to Ohio. You can't just be using Ultra Instinct and getting my angels all fucked up and deciding you're going to fight for the earth. This is not the, this is not okay. You got to let us know. You can't just be operating out there all solo on your own. You're in trouble. Boom. 
That's how I bring him back around. Grand Priest is pissed at Beerus. And maybe he's going to be put on the bench for a while. Maybe Vegeta or Goku could be, uh, you know, upcoming uh, potential gods of destruction candidates. Any any thoughts on that long-ass theory that I went through to with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and all that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't see Goku in a position uh, of destruction. I just don't see that from him. Um, I could see Vegeta very easily filling in that Beerus role. Uh, as he progresses and as his story plays out, I could definitely see him kind of going into an apprenticeship, sort of like top with, with Belmond and, and filling in that same kind of role. Want to know what I think is interesting too is Vegeta's whole claim in this arc was about sp- uh, forced spirit fission, which is basically the ability to split energy apart from each other. Um, what does that sound an awful lot like? Sounds like a the the baby cousin of uh, Hakai energy of destruction. Maybe those two things operate in the same hemisphere, and maybe that's what grabbed the Grand Priest's attention. I don't know. Um, yo, Leonard, what do you think? Uh, I have two options for a candidate for a god of destruction. This is okay. Is it Yamcha? No, you're wrong. It's then. Tien. I'm kidding. I'm Dude, totally Tien kidding. would be an excellent god of destruction. He would take that job very seriously. He would train a ton, and he would drive him the fuck out of everyone without risk of losing his life. His shoulders would gain times ten. <laughs> Could he afford to gain that much more? He's already got some huge trash. You never know, but um. No, I, my, in all seriousness, the two people that I can actually see do it, uh, Piccolo and Oob. Mm. Interesting. Now, when I say Piccolo, the reason why is because he absorbed uh, Kami, the original Kami. And since he was already part of Kami in a sense, I could see that, like, you know, maybe they elevate him. to like, hey, look, here you are. You're now, like, God of Destruction. Or I could see Oob. I kind of have a more visual to Oob just because since Oob has most of the god key from uh, Boo's other half, the evil Boo. So I could see that a bit more. And especially since Oob is at a very young age where just seeing how much energy he had. Like... Yeah, pretty remarkable. I could, I could see, I could see that if they went that route, it'd be very interesting to see. But in all real, in all realness, I don't think that. I don't think they're going to be looking for another god of destruction, or at least if they do, it's probably going to be someone from a different universe. Yeah, I don't think they're in the market for a new god of destruction right now. I don't, I don't necessarily know if that's where they're heading with this. But I, I like your Piccolo. Uh, Guess, but I do think that that Kami and Piccolo, the next logical step for him would be to move into like a King Kai position, right? Because uh, through that the training steps, the next guy up is the King Kai. So I don't know if he would necessarily go straight into that, but you know, Piccolo is so much more powerful now than than what Kami would have ever dreamed of. So that could end up playing out. I like it though. I do like that idea of it maybe being somebody we've never even heard of, though. I mean, I don't think that would happen, unfortunately, but I like the idea that it could happen because it, 
Yeah, right. Monaka is the first one uh, on tap for the God of Destruction candidate. The but... first God of Destruction was big nipples. Yeah, gotta have the biggest, the, the sensitivest of nipples, most sensitive nipples. Um, but it gives you a perfect excuse to bring in a new character. I'm a fan of that off the bat, uh, but also a new character who's got every excuse to be in the same hemisphere, uh, stratosphere of Goku and Vegeta's strength and. Uh, I'm a fan of continuing to build out a cast around them uh, that is of equal or, or, you know, comparable strength so that it's not just the straight up Goku and Vegeta show and the Saiyan show, you know. Um, so that said, I guess we'll see what exactly the Grand Priest wants to do um, before they depart. We uh, tells Goku basically, you got to do what Miris did to beat Moro. You got to crack that crystal, bitch, which... We knew from the leaks last week, it was the part where I read the translations of the leaks and I dropped my phone in disgust and I was like, this sounds like a stupid, like video game fucking uh, objective. Crack the crystal to defeat your enemy. Like, this is where we're at, you know, uh, talking about, you know, magic at the beginning of this arc before. And it's like, ah, just crack the crystal again. Like the cracking of the crystal when Maris did it, it didn't strike me as like, that's how it, that's how we did it. Well, that's the that's the solution. It struck me as a cool fucking action sequence where somebody just got their ass whooped. Okay. Um I feel like they could have given us other explanations as to how to maybe um defeat Miris or or excuse me, defeat Moro. I'm not sure if I've been confusing those two M's whatever. Um there were probably other ways to defeat Moro other than um just Maris cracking the crystal, which just felt super fucking lazy. It felt so lazy. I think what I'm I'm a little caught up on too here is so Moro absorbed the the power of the Earth and everybody on Earth and all of this, but it's already been established that these characters are are Earth breaking, world breaking characters. Yeah, it's really? almost it's almost like them saying like. Well, they're not as powerful as you thought because Moro's going to blow up just the planet now. And, you know, that's not what we've been risking every single time somebody shoots off a fucking Kamehameha or a Big Bang attack, you know, since the goddamn Cell games. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't take much for for Goku or Vegeta to just, you know, wipe out half of the Earth if they wanted to. Mm. And by proxy, wiping out half of Moro. I, I just don't understand the the stakes that came out of this. It's just a very um, convenient way for them to reshuffle the gravity of the situation to fit the narrative in the moment, I believe is maybe it. Um, either way, Crack the Crystal, bitch. That's the new name of the game. It's your new objective. Woo! Uh, Goku um, goes to make the attempt to crack the crystal. Vegeta basically pulls him out of the way and strikes the crystal a bunch and a bunch of the energy is like dispelled out, I guess, back to people back on the earth that Moro has previously absorbed. Cool. Way to give my boy, uh, you know, the check mark on the objective that I thought was a bunch of fucking horseshit. Cool. Thanks for that. Um, what is interesting to me about Vegeta's role in this though, is as Goku goes to like, try to finish Moro off, he gets caught up in like all these big earth Moro limbs. Like the visuals in this chapter this month are probably, I think one of the strongest parts of it. Like I'm not a fan of the idea of earth Moro or his general face, but 
the action sequences in which they utilize like these big, you know, limbs, earth limbs that Moro has and Goku has to fight against before he uh, does his thing later on. I, th- I thought it looked very cool. Essentially, Goku gets caught up in one of these big earth chunky Moro limb things and they need to propel him forward with some additional energy to get to Moro. Um, or get him out of like this Moro encased thing that he's stuck up in. And that's when, I forget who asks him, but somebody asks Vegeta if he can do essentially the reverse of the forced spirit vision. I think it was Piccolo. Was it Piccolo? Yeah, that sounds right. He'd be the guy to put that one together. If he could essentially do the reverse of the forced spirit vision to compile energy together instead of break it apart and then take that energy and give it to Goku to break him out of there, give him a final boost to be able to overcome Moro at the end here. Um, the way that I phrased it and the questions to the patrons, again, if you want to get in on these conversations, uh, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. The way that I froze it to the patrons and the people in Roshi's secret stash today was um, essentially Vegeta uh, Vegeta essentially does a spirit bomb with his reverse uh, version of his forced spirit vision. And, uh, you know, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like he played a large enough role in, you know, the finality of this arc or the the final piece of this arc. So I'm going to go to the Facebook answers on this first before I ask you guys. Um, how did I word it exactly? How do you feel about Vegeta doing essentially a spirit bomb with the reverse forced spirit vision? Almost exactly what I just said to you guys. And was he involved enough in this win? That's, that's the question. My boy Tyson, new guy at that $5 tier. Real MVP this week. He was the first guy to get his goddamn answers in. Um, I think it's pretty cool, actually, because now Vegeta can do something Goku can't. I think was the only. Re- I think that was the reason why they won. I think is missed a word there, but it's cool. Um, I think that's the reason they won. Vegeta can do something now that Goku can't, which is true. Goku doesn't know Force Spirit Fission or how to reverse it and use it in this way to compile energy, in which Vegeta just did true uh my buddy ryan all right before he answers any questions he leads with well one it wasn't a spirit bomb in the same way vegeta gave goku energy when he got ringed out in the tournament of power he just gathered energy and did the same for this here spirit bomb is an attack good point Spirit Bomb is meant to inflict energy, and this is meant to give energy as a way to power someone up. Valid point. However, given how I phrased the question, I feel like people maybe know what I meant. Like, to the point where Vegeta does, like, the Spirit Bomb poses. Three of them. He's got the little Spirit Bomb that he is hit in the face with after it bounces off Goku, Gohan, Krillin, or Goku, Krillin, Gohan, I forget. He he has that pose that he uses. He also has the big spirit bomb when he gets the key from, or chi, as they put in the manga chapter. I feel like they change month to month. I could be wrong. Um, he gets the big god key from Oob and Daikaioshin, whatever. And then he has that big post. Like, it's very evidently 
a reference to the imagery that happens when Goku does a spirit bomb. Except it's cool because Vegeta's doing it this time. I know that it wasn't meant to inflict energy. Ryan, why are you trying to be contrarian for the sake of being contrarian? Ryan, ain't nobody got time for that. Listen, stop fighting with kids in Dragon Ball groups about how Superman would whoop his ass. We know Superman whoop his ass. We know Superman fucking like eat a billion goddamn sons as they explode and then fucking take a dump the next day and be fine. We know. We know. That's what happens when you fucking have like 85 goddamn years worth of stories. People get bored and make up some crazy wacky shit. That's what fucking happens. That's why Superman's so goddamn strong. Cut it the fuck out. Stop wasting your time. You're a smart, great, compassionate dude. Wasting your time arguing with chuds about why Superman is stronger than Goku. I'm going to tell you a secret, dude. I'm going to tell you a secret about Superman versus Goku. Nobody fucking cares. All right? That's the secret. That's the secret. All right? Go forth and live in prosperity and all that bullshit. Um, anyway, how did you guys feel about, uh, I guess, I'm calling it the, the Vegeta spirit bomb now. How would you feel about the Vegeta spirit bomb, Leonard? Uh, I, I, It was interesting, especially the fact that one of the things he did was just literally hit the ground. Because, <laughs> I mean, when I thought about it, when I first saw that panel, I was like, okay, is Vegeta that angry that we're losing again? <laughs> yeah, right? But you then, don't really know why he even busts in. Exactly. So then I was just like, okay. And I was like, oh, wait. Because I thought about it, like, looking at that panel while laughing. I was like, oh, wait. It's actually a good idea. Because then he's taking the... Um, the energy from him and what was weird was the fact that how fast reacting in that sense it was for him to get that off of Moro Mm -hmm. so for me like in a sense it was kind of weird because just like I didn't think it'd be he'd be reacting to it that fast because I think there was a part where or a panel where like he reacted for like a brief moment where he was feeling the energy being taken away um so i i guess for me it was kind of weird but i did like the concept and i did like the idea and i did like the fact that there was one other character that we did say oob that was in there but we can talk about that later yeah we got a whole piece of this conversation reserved for oob reserved for oob up next um do you feel like vegeta did enough in this final part though as well leonard or or what like i i feel like the visual of it of him being the guy to, you know, get the energy expelled from him, him gather up the energy, give it to Goku to get him in that final stretch. All very, very cool. But is that the role? He's essentially playing that same kind of role that he plays at the end of Majin Buu, where he's the like, hey, Mr. Satan, put me through to the earth. Oh, what's the matter? Nobody on earth wants to listen to me yell at them about giving her energy. Hey, Mr. Satan, let me put you through. Like, he's the mastermind of the entire plan, except this time he's like one of the only people to be able to actually execute on it. (laughs) Uh, Do you feel like he did enough, though? It's a long way to get there. Did he do enough? Yes and no. Uh, Yes, just because... He he definitely did put through part of the plan. Um, Piccolo and everyone else kind of helped as well. Well, I'd say it's more of Vegeta's plan, but then Piccolo said, hey, why don't you just do that and put it into a ball form and give it to Goku? And he's just like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. And then, <laughs> um, But then at the same time, no, because 
I feel like if you listen at this point, or if you've listened up to this point, you know I'm a Vegeta fanboy. I am a Vegeta diehard, and believe it or not, it's the it's the happiest and saddest time of your life because you love to see in the movies and the show and everything where he gets that he like you know you're being the person up and you're like yes this is what I love this is what I come here for and then he just gets the shafting of a lifetime dude Fukatsu you just described the end of Fukatsu no F man like it makes all the sense in the world for Vegeta to be the one to kill Frieza and then they just take it away from him. It's, Every motherfucking time. It's literally like they just got a Moby Huge and just rammed it up every Vegeta fanboy's ass. I do not understand that reference. Is Moby Huge a dildo? Just look it up on Amazon and trust me, you clear your browser history after that. Dude, my question is, is how do you have the name brand of a dildo like that quickly off the top of your fuck tip of your tongue? Like Because YouTube is a funny place. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Play YouTube. Likely fucking story. That's it's what true. the right wing's been doing. I, That's what right wingers have been doing for the last five years, bro. I'm not buying shit. Literally, it was from YouTubers who played Card Against Humanities online. Long story short, not to tangent this off, but they said Moby Huge, and they're like, what the hell's a Moby Huge? And one of the YouTubers looked and started laughing. And then they were like, oh, it's a 12, like a 12-foot dildo. <laughs> and... I didn't believe it. I really didn't believe it. So my friend and I were like, let's look this up. We looked it up and there was a life-size a life-size person, obviously a real person, standing next to it. And I had never, like, there's different types of fears, but I've never felt fear for anyone who would possibly buy a $600 dildo. My, that is an expensive piece of butlery. Sorry, six hundred and six dollars and forty-seven cents. Did that just happen? Butlery. Literally had a friend. <laughs> That's the funniest fucking thing I've said in like six months. I'm going home. Goodbye, podcast over. I think we've just created a brand new subcategory for phallic objects. Butlery. Butleries. <laughs> Although those could also be the things that you could describe as butler tools. Like, uh, what the fuck's a butler use? Like a, like a feather duster. That's a tool that would be used in butlery. Nah, I'm sticking with the dildos thing. They nope. gotta be have a butler scale. Yeah, nah, it's dildos. Butlery's dildos. <laughs> oh, Definitively, now and forever. <laughs> Hashtag butlery with two T's. I'm playing um, now on Twitter. Now on Twitter. Perfect. There you go. We got the hashtag for the episode, which is great because I'm a social media fucking novice. Marcus, what do you think, dude? Reverse spirit bomb, spirit fission, fusion, fuck Ryan about his goddamn choice of picking up my words like he did. What do you think, man? Uh, is it cool? Did he do enough? How do you feel? I think it's appropriate. Uh, I think Vegeta has spent the entire uh, series in a support role. Like that he is that assist at the very end. You go back to Cell. He hits Cell with that one blast that frees up Gohan just enough to go through him. You go back to Majin Buu. He's getting his ass kicked for five minutes or whatever so Goku can gather the power. You, you go through this entire series, and it's just – it's Vegeta giving the assist so Goku can finish it off. And I think it is a, it's extremely appropriate that he was in that role. I would have liked to have seen more, 
uh, would have liked for Goku to be able to, or, or Vegeta to be able to be the guy. But at this point, I've given up all hope. Uh, yeah. In the role that he's meant to be, uh, that the writers want him to be in. So um, I think it was just right. I don't think it, I, I, was, I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't overly excited. I, I think it was to be expected. Yeah, I think maybe you just uh, helped me like work my way through accepting the fact that I'm just going to spend the rest of my life waiting for Vegeta to get a win, and uh, I'm going to die before it happens. Because it's going to happen. Technically, he got a win. I want to see Vegeta step into the forefront and be the guy. But at this point, I just don't think we're ever going to get there. I think... I think Vegeta did get a win at some point. Um, there's only one point and one point only. To reference a old arc, well, not really old, but a uh, recently old arc, uh, mainly when they go to the future, and it's the Zamasu and Goku Black arc, not in the manga, where find out that Goku never kissed. Fair. So, technically, yeah, he's Vegeta guys win. He's getting wins. Vegeta got the ladies, man. And plus, can we also take note that if you don't play Dragon Ball Fighters, understandable, but literally, Vegeta is always the assist for, for Goku. Dude, Super Saiyan Vegeta in that game is the yep. most annoying fucking assist that there is. I don't know if they've nerfed exactly. it since the last time I played it, but it's one of the mm. most annoying, like top, bottom, top uh, assists. It catches you like almost every single time. Mm hmm. So annoying. He's literally just the assist character. That's it. He's not even A or B assist. He's just C assist. That's yeah. it. So not to go off on too much of a tangent about fighters, I had a uh, oh uh, super dope audience. Uh, we had the super dope baby. His name is Jameson Skywalker. Jimmy and Sam had the baby as of this last Thursday, right? But uh, I got to spend some. We had we had an accidental dry run on Tuesday. We thought the baby was coming Tuesday. Had to wait till Thursday, but. That ended up uh, two days this week that I was with uh, my nieces, Abby and Ava. And uh, they're big anime fans, big Dragon Ball fans, big uh, My Hero fans especially. Mm. And uh, my Xbox was on. I was like putting either Hulu on or something. And they saw the icon for Dragon Ball Fighters, And they were like, yo, what's that? I was like, oh, it's Dragon Ball Fighters. It's a fighting game. You know, I just they're nine and ten years old. So. It's not totally lost on them, video game. I'm like, it's a three-on-three three three fighters game. And they're like, oh, that sounds really fun. Can we play it? And I was like, well, we actually can't because the disk drive in my Xbox is, is burned out. I have a day one Xbox One. It's a miracle. It still runs, honestly. But the disk, the disk drive recently stopped working on it. So my disk copy does not read anymore. But I was like, it's fine. I explained that to them. And then I'm like, but it's fine, girls, because... Honestly, that game sucks ass. It used to be fun. And then I started playing on the internet. And then if I won, I get a bunch of hate messages saying that I sucked. And then I only won because I spammed a bunch of shit. And then if I lost, I just get a bunch of hate messages saying that I need to learn how to play the game. And fucking stop doing things that they beat me with. It's the most annoying experience in the goddamn world. If I never play Dragon Ball Fighters again, on the internet at least, all right, because it is a fun game if you're just playing like arcade mode. On the internet, if I never play it again, it'll never be fucking too soon. Fuck that game and fuck its community. All right, yeah, I said See, it. I I would say yes, 
But here's the thing. They have really There's fun reason- little chibi avatars that run around in the lobby. I know, dude. I had a sweet ass like fucking Christmas trunks or some shit. That is true, but not what I was going to say. The thing I was going to say is you're playing on the the console side where a lot of the hate and like the anime haters come in mm. compared to the, the that's PlayStation. The only, well, that's the other thing too is that that, game, that game attracted a lot of people that weren't even Dragon Ball fans. They were just fighting game uh, fans. Yeah. I, you know, Dragon Ball fans in general can just be the worst sometimes too. Oh, yes. Mix Dragon Ball fans with fighting game fans and you just... Oh vitriolic just cesspool of individuals it's bad math man it's fucking bad math anyway now that we've shit on dragon ball fighters <laughs> and how much you must suck if you enjoy dragon ball fighters <laughs> i enjoy it thank you <laughs> dude i had a blast playing that game i even got like the first two or three packs of downloadable characters like uh, i played that game a ton but it just got to the point where and I've even, tr- I, I mean, I obviously had to learn at some point that my disk drive wasn't working. Like I tried to play it, but like once it didn't work, I was like, meh, what's, what, what, what am I losing? I'm losing what I'm, I'm gaining a few hours back of my life, maybe in a day or, you know, a couple times a week. And I'm not getting a bunch of fucking hate messages from chuds who are angry that I either whoop their ass by a method that they uh, concede is an inferior method and I'm a dickhead for using it, but they can't find a way to come up to beat it. All right. Fuck you weirdo. Or I'm getting hate messages for not being up to par with, uh, the high quality caliber player that Dragon Ball fighters has to offer. Y'all can go fuck yourself. If you've ever sent either one of those two types of messages to anybody ever, if that's the kind of way that you spend your time, Maybe you're listening to podcasts, in which case, subscribe, rate, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places where the podcasts live, positive reviews only, because those are the ones that make me feel better about myself. Don't leave negative ones now that I've shit on you, fighters community. Don't. Listen, you too can make Kyle's insides tingle. Oh, dude, that's right. You made my insides tingle earlier. I can make his insides tingle like nobody else can. Ooh, sounded gayer than you meant, but I don't, I don't know about no. that. I mean, there is a movie huge for a reason. That's what I'm talking about? Let's go, Butlery. Oh, that was the thing that I was gonna try to bring back around before was the Moby Huge thing. There's some Transformer toy where, like, the proper uh, Decepticon name of the Transformer when it came out, like back in the '80s. They've since changed the name, obviously, but like, I can't remember the name of it. I I've covered it. Uh, I produce a show with some uh, experts from Antiques Roadshow, the Just Stuff League, J-U-S-T-U-F-F League. You can check it out. Travis is a fucking Transformers whiz, but he did this whole thing about how one of these Transformers, uh, God damn it, Max, it was definitely Maximus something, but it, they named a dildo after it sometime in the 90s and they had to change the name because people would go to research it and all this shit about dildos would come back on it uh, just stuff lee go check it out anyway um yeah we've gotten a little off the beaten path here let's get back to this manga chapter 66 uh vegeta did a reverse almost spirit bomb okay almost the imagery is there 
but it wasn't used as a tag. All right, I'm done talking about that, Ryan. <laughs> so this is where uh, Leonard is going to be able to, you know, do his. It's not a weird flex. It's actually a, a very um, perfectly appropriate flex because a couple of months back, maybe last month, I don't remember exactly. Um, your predictions for maybe the end of this arc was uh, maybe somehow Oob gets involved. And I'm pretty sure I dismissed you out of hand. And I was like, yo, get out of here. What is that kid going to do? You're dumb, Leonard. So take a victory lap and, uh, you know, brag, man. How do you feel about Oob being the guy to uh, contribute the the final energy to get Goku over the finish line? I've told you this over text. I am not Leonard anymore. I am King Leonardus the third. Yeah. King, King I am Leonardus, the best. King Leonardus the third. I called it. Leonard for sure, and even shorter would just be Lenny, and you dismissed Lenny, so it's Leonard still, right? If you do that, you're getting behead, behead, beheaded. If I can, if words, if words could come out of my mouth properly, that'd just be great. Describe how you plan to behead me. Is this like a guillotine situation, or you got some kind of battle axe? You got an implement? I'm like gonna get me. a Moby huge with a with a serrated side. <laughs> there it is. Perfect. Hashtag Butlery. Hashtag butlery. So how do you feel, man? Uh, so your your boy Oob factors in here, huh? Mm-hmm. I am exact. I am very happy. Um, clearly, uh, let me tell you guys, the power of the Dragon Ball Durag is a great one. Because not only does it work, it literally makes all your predictions come true. And if you don't believe me, just trust me. Take advice from a person who owns a Dragon Ball Durag. Who's playing it over their beanie? Probably not the best decision, but honestly, who cares? King Leonard, how do you look in your do rag? I look great because Oob is in the story. I'm very excited. Now, granted, it's just going to be like a one-time thing where, of course, it's just, oh, we're showing him a little bit, and that's it. I'd like, I'd like to say no, but probably not until like maybe a, probably another twenty chapters or something. Where it's like just maybe a time skip or something like that. So one of the things that bothered me about this chapter this month, uh, there's a few things that bothered me, but um, I think the bother has to do with the fandom's reaction. Um, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. People were, uh, people were freaking out about Oob, quote unquote, finally being canon. And I'm like they referenced to like leading up to the recruitment arc uh, during the recruitment arc of the tournament of power. Like we've mm -hmm. known Oob has been around for probably over fucking 30 chapters. Now I don't remember exactly when tournament of power ended, but I would guess we've known Oob has been around for probably around 30 chapters uh, approximately. Um, so people not remembering that he's already been referenced in this story. I think we've actually even seen a couple of panels of him when he was referenced. Uh, it was very evident. They were talking about Oob, how quickly they forget. What's different, though, about his appearance this time versus last time was he was referenced basically while he was off screen. Um, you know, Kaioshin references, uh, tells, tells Goku about him. You know, there's a boy you're going to want to consider in the future. Not right now, but... Blah, blah, blah. We see a couple of shots of him, I think, at that point. That's it. All right. So we know he exists in the world, and that's what they're eventually leading to. What's different about it now is a major player in this arc, uh, the Dai Kaioshin. I hope I'm doing saying that right. Um, 
hope I'm saying the right name. The Daikaioshin is the guy to go and get him to contribute energy to this uh, forced spirit fission uh, thing that Vegeta's putting together. Um, and then what gives it that overwhelming uh, extra energy is how much God energy or God key that Oob has within him being the reincarnation of evil Majin Buu. So Daikaioshin knows that. He goes and lets him know. They probably have some sort of like... Uh, I don't know, energy alignment to let him seek him out, like whatever the fucking justification of him finding it is. He's now been exposed to not only a member of, you know, the main cast for this arc, not typically a member of the main cast, but somebody who's important enough to the arc. Uh, how do you, how do you have Daikaioshin drop into your fucking village in India or wherever the fuck Ub is from? Ask you to throw up some energy, throw up your hand, and then just let him fly away like nothing happened. I feel like there's no choice but to explain to Oob what's up, who he is, what's going on after this, and go introduce him to the gang. Um, that's what feels different about it now is that he's actually has a direct interaction with somebody in the story. And I hope the consequence is he now gets to meet everybody. Um, Marcus, any thoughts on Oob coming into this? Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's where I wanted to see. That's where I want to see. Uh, I want to see him be slowly introduced uh, to the guys. You know, hey, this is the guy or the kid at this point who was able to to give the energy that you needed to get through to to be able to move forward. I I, I really want to see him uh, start interacting with some of the guys. You know, I want to see us start getting towards that end of Z. Um, where Goku and Oob are starting to, to meet up. They're, they meet in the tournament, get some training going. I'm ready to get to that point. I know you've talked about this for years and years. You're ready to hit that time skip. You're ready to move on. Um, 100%. Maybe I that's the next arc. Maybe, maybe the next arc is we get to see that tournament where they meet. I think we're trending in that direction. Uh, I think that's the whole setup here in, in my mind is is that we're heading to a meeting between Goku and Oob uh, where Goku then they may modify that end of Z story just a little bit to make it work. But but I think that's where we're heading. Yeah, I feel like there's no other option but to modify it slightly. Um, but the, the the questions for this outline a little bit kind of getting a little reversed. I do want to talk about the whole giant Goku thing. Right. We're going to. I'll talk about that in a minute. It's it's maddening to me that this was even a fucking conversation this week. I don't know where the hell y'all have been at for the last 30 years, but um let's say that is the next arc. Um we get to see the tournament, Goku meet Oob, them fly off like they do at the end of Z. What do you hope for the future of Oob? Do you hope to see like a stretch of time where Goku just does like the mentor, you know, training somebody thing. Do you prefer they do a time skip where Oob is now a viable member of the team and everyone's a little bit older? Maybe Goten, Trunks, Oob, they're all teens at or around the same time. Yeah. Actually, I'll... you know what? Hold that thought one second. Hey, guys. That's a champion in the in the room. Hello, Mr. Uh, Race. How are you? What's up, brother? How are you? Yeah, good. Bro, I just finished up at work. Yeah, working in a prison. You ain't got no cell phone reception, so you couldn't join us while you were on the job site this month. Yeah, man. It sucks. 
I hear that they need all the prisons in Australia because your descendants are just a bunch of criminals. Yeah, we're the convicts. Send them to a tropical island. That'll teach them their lesson. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> What's been happening? Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, Reese and I did a, a awesome, really fun Patreon discussion uh, last week um, with the spoilers for this chapter 66, but we spent a lot of time just talking about a lot of nonsense. Uh, Patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Superdope, including um, the history of Australia, uh, history of the Portuguese people, and how we started the slave trade, basically. Sorry, Leonard. Um, lots of things. Go check it out. Um, we, Reese, have been talking about uh, this chapter 66. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to get your your general questions uh, after we, we answer um, these last two big talking points we've got. We're actually just wrapping up this part about how Oob just, um, you know, met the Daikaioshin, contributes this energy to this forced spirit fission reverse energy thing that Vegeta's doing to help aid Goku. Um, and now we're talking about what the future of Oob might look like. So, um, Marcus, you're up, dude. What do you think that might look like if we do go next arc? It's the tournament. They meet. They fly off in the middle to go train or whatever. Do you want to see them train? Do you want to do a time skip? How, how would you prefer they handle it? Yeah, I think I want to see them train. I think I want to see some of that. I think we've had enough con uh, conflict over the last few arcs now that I think it, we need some levity here a little bit. So I think it would be good to be able to see them train see them get to know each other, see Oob develop a little bit over maybe even a stretch of time, and then come back into the fold with all of the other characters. I don't necessarily need a time skip. I don't think I need anything super into the future. Um, but give us something, maybe a full arc of just those guys out training. And then maybe something pops up while they're training and they tackle it together. I think the idea of handling it like that too, where it's like we do see some of the training maybe alluded to in the manga because the manga is such uh, so much more streamlined than the anime. An arc like that gives the anime all the leeway in the world to throw in extra filler stuff to pad out production times, which has been the name of the game since Super went off the air. It's like how much runtime in terms of storyboarding can they get? And, you know, until COVID hit, it's like, you know, are animators really working on this thing? Uh, our buddy Geekdom and Anime AJ may will lead you to believe they already have been working on you know a series. We don't know if that's true or not. Um, but what is the how much runtime can you give these guys working in an arc where you've got some loose like we can do some fun slice of life one off episode stuff with Oob getting trained by Goku? That's that's fucking prime time. Uh, I'm sure for the guys at Toei Animation. Uh, Leonard, what do you think, man? You're the you're the guy who called Oob being involved in this final um, arc or this final part of the the arc here. Uh, how do you feel they should handle Oob going forward? Um, I'm definitely sort of the same way. Uh, definitely sort of the same way with Marcus about literally uh, having Oob, Goten, and Trunks train. Um, something I would really like to see is I want to see a part where. Oob doesn't know about his about his reincarnated past. And that I want him to be able that maybe he sees Majin Buu and he gets like a flashback, but it's like something where 
he's thinking maybe it's just a dream or something like that. Well, I'm hoping that the Dakaioshin already kind of touched on that because it basically is Majin Buu at that point. That is true. Maybe that's already happened where he's like, I know something weird's going on. I'm holding my hand out here, giving whatever I'm given to whoever I'm giving it to. Maybe that's the impetus to get Dakaioshin and Oob to talking about what the fuck just happened. Let's go introduce you because this is who you are. You know, like I feel like you, I feel like it would be hard to introduce him to the gang without letting him know. But then again, the end of Z, he's got no idea. Goku just knows, and he knows that he's going to be at the tournament that day, and he knows to just show up. Like it's all very magical. You could write in some kind of reason as to how Goku knows all of that shit. Maybe take that route then, where he shows up at the tournament still unaware of. The fact that he's a reincarnation of Majin Buu, like, I guess there's a lot of ways that you could do it. I don't know. I think at this point you could write it too. That Goku, by taking that energy, absorbing that energy, he feels where that came from, right? So now he's going to have some knowledge of, hey, this, I've felt this energy before. I know where this comes from. Hell yeah. That's a good so point, Marcus. Starts, you know, develop, oh, I, and then he can sense his energy going forward. He senses that he's coming to the tournament. He senses that he's going to be in the tournament and he's going to battle it. That's why he was excited. I think that we're heading that direction. That's an excellent point. Something I do also want to see is because, of course, we don't really know if Oob can quote unquote control his powers too well. Um, But something I would love to see is that Maybe if they do train, it's Oob, Trunks, Goten, and maybe Goku or whoever's training them, maybe Piccolo, that Oob goes a little bit too hard and that he does something maybe that either leads to the fact that like it's a Kid Boo sort of instant or something where maybe and maybe he did a punch that was really hard and hurt go tenor trunks more severely than they could him mm. i don't know i do like the idea of them all training together as opposed to goku just being like yo fam see you in 10 years or whenever i do like that idea of him bringing oob into the general dragon team atmosphere yeah, so do I just uh, Reese, um, how do you feel man how do you I feel about oob showing up at the end of this chapter cool man did you like, expect that like leonard did a, a couple months back maybe I, I basically dismissed him out of hand. And they're about to train, and that's when the Grand Priest comes and takes Goku away because he's being... Oh. Um, it would be good if, like, um, Goku and him met in person. Yo, 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 Grand Priest comes Your mic's down, breaking up, like, real Goku bad rubbing in something. Check it out. shit and using godly powers. Him and Vegeta get taken away, and then Oob trains with um, Goten, Trunks, Piccolo, and maybe Gohan as like a mentor. And like having like like Leonard was saying with the evil Boo in him, um, having him there kind of like um, I don't know if you guys have all seen the new Venom movie with wow. Tom Hardy. If you have, cool. Um, like that little voice in the back of his head, he just doesn't know what it is. Just, so he might do things and then he's like wondering why he did that. And there's a little voice in his head saying, hit harder or do this or do that. And he doesn't quite understand why. Yes. And then yes. maybe he goes and trains with the 
Dikaiashen and uh, Marjan Boo to learn how to control that part of himself. Yeah. So, can I be very honest with you, Reese? Everything you just described about that little voice in the back of his head and like having to deal with, uh, you know, the temptation of slipping into evil. Like, Mandalorian has got me real hard into Star Wars over the last month. Like, to the point where since the election, I've been trying to pay attention less to the news and I'm just like taking in old Star Wars, like EU stories on fucking YouTube and shit like that to get my mind off of politics. All right. So, my mind is so geared toward that idea of like the light side and the dark side of the force right now and the temptation of the dark side and Anakin Skywalker being the guy to restore balance and all that bullshit. Like those things are so at the forefront of my brain. Everything that you just said about Oob maybe hearing that evil Majin Buu voice in the back of his head, it kind of gave me half a chub. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it only gave me half a chub because the rest of the chub didn't come because the rest of the chub knew that uh, we were just writing Dragon Ball stories for adults and that we'll never fucking see something that inspired, unfortunately. I don't think. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm proven wrong. Maybe one day they take the Toyotaro train and wheels off, but... Yeah. Evil Boo will still be inside of him and he has to learn it because it'll be like a past memory that'll be, like, imprinted on him. And maybe that's what, like, the Daikaishen sees and then he's like, nah, we have to take this kid and teach him how to learn how to use it properly and, yeah, something like that. But, um, a lot of possibilities like see, for Oob. It'd be interesting to see what happens with him and Marge and Boo. Are they going to reconnect and um, fuse again together? So to, to keep Boo being a good guy or, like, where does it go there? Well, that would be an interesting role? way. That'd be an interesting way to overcome that whole evil boo voice in the back of my head. Yeah. It's like I'm the reincarnation of evil boo because I don't have any of the good boo in me, and that that fucking fusion comes in at a point where it's like you need to get that OP power up to defeat some crazy big thing, but it also resolves that part of it. Oh no, Why I was talking we... about the the other boo, the original boo, fat the... boo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Fat, yeah. Like you're talking like a fusion, like they do. Uh, no, Daikaishin the... back with Fat Boo. Are they going to get back to form together again? Because oh. you know how they got separated at the start of the arc. Yeah. Because what's going to happen with that Margin Boo? I'm a little fuzzy on how that started. Didn't the Daikaishin like take the? Didn't Margin so Daikaishin Boo... get got absorbed by Boo, right. and then didn't the, the Galactic form like comes yeah. out right? And then, obviously, the Galactic Patrol um, separated them to get to the Daikaishin because of uh, Morrow. Got it. So are we going to see them fuse back together again in order to keep the evil in that boo, you know, subdued? Or, like, what, what's going to happen there? Like, surely the Daikaishin is going to be playing some sort of, like, big part with that because otherwise he's just been a bit of a wasted character. Like, where does he go from here? Does he go back to... Kai Land or Kai Land, that'd be cool. That's kind of like my name, but with land at the end. Anyway, um, I feel like we've kind of um, covered the bases for Oob. A um, lot of possibilities. I think the most exciting part of those possibilities, though, is just the 
idea that maybe, just fucking maybe, we are about to move past the end of Dragon Ball Z and get past this 10-year time skip. Here's my little oob that I got off camera. Just looking at you guys being like, yeah, it's my time, motherfucker. Woo. Want to see a video? Patreon, you know that. Um, all right, last point of discussion. This had to be the most annoying part of my week this week. Oob gives this energy. Goku is, uh, you know, back in the fight against this giant-sized Moro. Um, and then a giant Goku appears. And at the center of this giant Goku's fucking forehead is actual Goku. Little actual human-sized Goku. And there's this big, giant energy Goku all around him who's now contending against Moro. And everyone was like, oh my god. Goku got a new form and just grew to the size of Godzilla. Reading it for the first time, those possibilities never even entered into my fucking brain. And then I read, finished the chapter and went and checked out Twitter to see some, some of the consensus was on this. And a lot of people were genuinely confused by the imagery used in this chapter. I thought it was very obvious that it was like, uh, you know, a visualization of Goku's now new overflowing energy. Um, it's, it's not... It's not something we haven't seen them do in the past. The thing that I thought of off the top of my brain reading this chapter was when Goku does his big punch through King Piccolo's thorax. And there's the shot of the Ozora monkey like flashing between him and Goku, you know, coming toward him. The imagery there is he's using the overwhelming power, you know, this primal power within him of the Ozoru, and that's why it's flashing there in the anime or in the comic. Or I haven't read the, the manga for that in a long time, so I would be interested to see how they do it there for sake of comparison. Um, anyway, my point is that was so obvious to me what they were doing and then to see other people confused and think that Goku can now grow to the size of Godzilla by having little Goku uh, control him like in his forehead or something like man I uh, I already didn't think much of the Dragon Ball fandom and then that happened so um, before I uh, continue to voice any more disgust with how much y'all just seemingly um, have never read anything previous to Dragon Ball Super um, Leonard, <laughs> how'd you feel about Big Giant Goku, man? Did it confuse the shit out of you like it did the rest of anime Twitter? No. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Perfect. Marcus? Yeah, I I think initially it did. Um, I, I, it was just unexpected. Uh, I don't think I expected to see a, a visual representation like that, but but once you see it in context, I think it's pretty obvious. Especially when the shot is like face on giant Goku and then little Goku, and it's like you you see what's happened, and he's his energy is so overwhelming he can he can now use the key to manifest not an actual body, but this. <sighs> 
I don't know. It just SD seems so. Goku. It SD seems Gundam so. Goku. Yeah, you made the Gundam joke before, and it's. I don't know, man. It's like. <laughs> I referenced to Rudigarn, who we were talking earlier, uh, DBZ Movie 13, Wrath of the Dragon. Probably my favorite movie because y'all know I'm a fucking trunk stan and I love to see that story of how he, you know, didn't actually get his sword, but how he got his sword. Um, that would be like saying Super Saiyan 3 Goku at the end of that movie, again, when he dragon fists through Rudigarn's fucking thorax, that big golden dragon that flashes around him. That dragon was actually there, and that was part of Goku's form. And uh, Goku now has a golden dragon form that nobody talks about that he occasionally accesses when he's Super Saiyan 3. Like, it's that kind of... How people did not put that together, it makes me kind of concerned about the overall uh, IQ of our fandom, but also just, like, pay attention. I'll I'll take up for some of those individuals, though. It, It... if you're only specifically looking at the leak, uh, there is no context. So the the leak kind of gives a little bit of a misrepresentation, and I think everybody ran with it. And then whenever sure. the after comes out, then I think everything is in context and you can see it. But but I think everybody overreacted to the leak, and then they just decided, well, I've already overreacted. I might as well just keep going. If, if I've already. Any- <laughs> Is, is there anybody who overreacted to those leaks before reading the full chapter that you may be talking about specifically right now? Listen, <laughs> the world's worst and overreacting <laughs> to everything in the world. That's it's just a, it's just how it goes, man. Especially whenever you're only getting bits and pieces as it comes. You know? Especially when uh, your paycheck depends on the kind of content that you can churn out for YouTube, Reese. Did giant Goku confuse the piss out of you, champion? I didn't say champion very well just now, but did it confuse you? I just thought it was um, Avatar Aang in the <laughs> TV show. Yeah, no. It was Avatar Goku. Everyone said Goku. Avatar. Everyone said Naruto. Yeah, that's a great comparison. Yeah, that's what it just looked like to me. I was just like, oh, okay, so he's inside a big energy thing. Kind of looks like Avatar. And I've, that was about it. <laughs> I've never watched, uh, and I feel like maybe Avatar, does, I've never really watched Avatar or Naruto. Um, the thing that everyone equated it to in Naruto Leonard, um, I wrote it down, Sasanu, is that how you say it? Sasanu. Sasanu, um, which. Sano. Uh, Sano. Sasano. 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 No. Not new, it's no. Yes. Sasano. Anyway, a lot of people equated it to something like that, which I, from what I'm understanding basically works the same way in which I just described it. Yeah. Like, yeah. So nothing. Pretty much the same. So basically, um, I don't know. I guess a lot of people thinking that Dragon Ball... <laughs> I guess a lot of people thinking that Dragon Ball Super gave Goku a giant form. That's strike one. And then them thinking that they just borrowed it from Naruto. I mean, that's kind of strike two. Maybe you thought it was uh, Ong and, and uh, Avatar. Maybe that's strike 2A, 2B, whatever the fuck <laughs> we're making right. What name did you just say? Is it is it Ang? Ang. Oh, we do not talk about Ong. Is Ong not? All. Who's Ong? We do not talk about it. Rule Fucking number one, me. 
of the Avatar Last Airbender fandom. You do not say Ong unless you want to get beat up. <laughs> it's Ang and will continue always to be Ang. Just for the record, I don't think any of you guys could beat me up. But all right, Ang, lesson learned. <laughs> Maybe Reese could beat me up. I think I'd give it Oh shit, Marcus might too. Because I'm a convict, isn't it? <laughs> exactly it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, those were um, the obvious comparisons to what Goku did in this chapter. And I feel like, uh, what was I at? Strike 1, 2, 2A, two 2B. Two Strike 3 is not remembering that types of this imagery has been used with Dragon Ball going back to comic books in the 80s. Um if you're new to Dragon Ball and this is like your first foray into following a chapter month to month instead of week to week back then, whatever. Um, welcome. <laughs> uh, read some fucking back issues or go back and watch the animes because in the anime, they do exactly the same type of thing and a few different ways that I'm sure I'm not even thinking of right now. Anyway, I didn't think it was that confusing. Uh, God help the overall um, collective Dragon Ball fandom and uh, what's the word? Um, general intelligence? Anyway, there's a few more answers I wanted to get out from Roshi's secret stash. Our new patron, uh, Tyson, got in some answers for us. And uh, my buddy Craig actually had a pretty good comment that I wanted to get your thoughts on, guys, before we wrap it up here. Um Tyson, fuck you, at Tyson. What did you think of Giant Goku, and did it confuse you? What the actual fuck? Question mark. Very confusing. Hope they adapt it well in the show. So he was confused about it, and he's no dummy. Um, Oob ends, and then his last uh, answer. I don't think I read it before. Um, Oob ends up being the deciding factor. What's next for Oob? Goku trains him. Uh, that's all I can see that'll happen, and he'll have a big role in the next arc. I would love if that were to happen, Tyson. Uh, my buddy Ryan, who I've been bitching about periodically throughout the show. I love you, Ryan. Um, Giant Goku jumped the shark and was not necessary. It didn't do much anyway. Um, I don't know if it jumped the shark so much as it just used, um, I guess, a confusing piece of imagery to convey how much power Goku just absorbed from Oob's god key. Um, and then he also said, I see a lot of people saying this was Oob's first appearance and it's not. I said that before. Yep. Uh, for the T.O.P. and the manga, we see him, but it looks like we are coming up to the end of Z. So what's next for Oob fighting Goku in the world tournament to be trained by him. So him too. Uh, he'd also like to see that tournament uh, at the end of Z and then them fly off in the middle of it and, uh, um, go train and do the thing. Um, Last thing I wanted to get your uh, your thoughts on, guys, before we wrap it up here. Uh, my buddy Craig uh, chimed in with this comment. Here's the real question. If Oob has God Key, does that mean that Boo also has the ability to use it? It would explain why they've written Boo out of the T.O.P. first by failing the written and then later by him falling asleep. Not so sure that would have been because of God Key. Craig, I think that was more just because all of the magic that he had, it would have made it way too easy for them to win the T.O.P. He's just going to turn everybody into candy and absorb them. Um, he he continues, 
The weird shit is, Boo has been around since the start of time itself and might predate the angels. It would make perfect sense. Perhaps Zeno and Boo are just like Kami and Piccolo. So, the Zeno, Boo, Kami, Piccolo thing, I don't know if I follow him there. I, maybe I do. I don't know if the reciprocity is there within the relationships, but um, I think what he was working toward was people like Boo, people like Piccolo, people like Kami before he was absorbed Piccolo. They have these divine like hierarchical kind of placements within the world of Dragon Ball and like the magic and all that world building bullshit. Now that we've seen God Key be a deciding factor in being able to defeat a villain and that uh, somebody we did not expect to have God Key or um, access or whatever to that kind of key be a factor in, in Oob, do you think that they've kind of introduced that as a way to be like, you know, if you've got some kind of divine godly um you know proximity as your character might happen to have does that give you an excuse to get some kind of god-ish level power up and is that a way to expand the circle of fighters around vegeta and goku with other people like oob or piccolo maybe not dende because he's not you know classically a fighter or whatever but people in that vein um, do you think this God key thing is a way to expand the circle? Uh, Reese, we'll start with you, bub. I don't know, man. It's just getting weird with all this God stuff now. They need to tone it back because, yeah, like I said um, last week when we were chatting, where do you go from there? Like, just seems to be getting, like, out of control now. Everyone's a bit of a God. Like, yeah, it's getting a bit dumb in that way. So I hope that they do something to tone it back a bit, reset the power scaling a bit, go from there. Yeah. Otherwise, we need a cool fucking Chuck Norris to come in and save the day next. Yeah, man. I need Vegeta and Goku to do the fusion dance and become Chuck yeah. Norris. Yeah, fuck um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think the idea of maybe stripping down powers is another way. You know, it's the opposite way to go about it. But either bring people up to Goku and Vegeta's level or bring Goku and Vegeta back down to a more you know, Z fighter appropriate level. Um, Marcus, what do you think, dude? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't, I don't think the, I don't think the realization that he has God key is going to play a huge role. Uh, I think it played a huge role in the story, in the ending of this story. Um, and I think it may play a role in, in just the identification, you know, having Goku identify Oob. But I don't know if Oob having God Key is ever going to be a huge plot thread going forward. I, I can see it. it. It works if they want to go that way, if they want to develop more God-like characters to have another body. But I think they're building a cast right now with, with Gohan being back to a pretty strong level. You've got Vegeta is doing his thing. Goku's doing his thing. Now you've got Broly somewhere out there, maybe. Uh, yeah, we got you. Got a hit. You've got Jiren. You've got Cauliflower, Kale, Kava. Like there are other characters out there who are within that realm. Yeah. Um, I you you might have just hit it, dude. Like this whole Oob having God key thing, and especially how you, I think you said it afterwards. Uh, like how that's the thing that like lets Goku know like oh that's I've I've felt this energy before that's the guy that could be it 
in terms of the plot points for Upabangaki. That could we've already maybe seen its purpose. That could be legitimately it. Um, but I did like to live in that fantasy world where Craig was living for a minute. Leonard, what are your hopes with that, man? Do you think maybe I'm crazy to think they do that? Or do you think uh, maybe they'll just kind of cut it off with where we've already seen with what we've already seen? Uh, I think they're going to do something kind of different. I feel like when it comes to the whole power scaling thing, I think what they're going to do instead of because something the fandom has been saying since the whole, oh, God's got to come in and save the day is maybe if we could stop relying on gods and maybe God powers within itself. Something I would love to see is that maybe Oob has a different way of using that God power so that instead of using it like having a new form, it's like, oh, look, it's the first human God. No, let's instead maybe do it where he uses that god key, but it boosts more of his regular key. Or maybe he's able to do something different and use it to a different ability that Goku and Vegeta, in a sense, don't know how to, and they can learn from Whis how to use it. Or just like something to make them, you know, kind of unique or stand out amongst the crowd of... You know, something Saiyans different from gods <laughs> people we've already seen you know over the last 20 30 years you could do a lot with Oob, um considering that he is you know the reincarnation of boo who can do pretty much anything i think the idea of having that magical entity reincarnated into a small indian boy and uh the potential hijinks that could come of it uh as that small boy start to discover how powerful he is uh a lot of possibilities there um, so we're pretty much coming down to the end of this super dope episode. I want to thank our patrons, Marcus and Reese, for joining us today. Uh, Reese did this, uh, Mr. Rogers fucking neighborhood thing where he popped in like an hour late. Uh, there were a couple of questions I wanted to ask you in a rapid style fashion, Reese. Yeah, so man. You need to answer these things in like, we're going to say 10 seconds or less. Are you ready, motherfucker? Yeah, I'll give it my best go. Earth Morrow. Cool or not cool? Not cool. Easy one. How do you feel about Vegeta doing essentially a spirit bomb? Ryan with the reverse force spirit fission. And was he involved enough in this win? Always would love to see him win, but he did he did pretty good. I'm I'm satisfied, but could have been better, but I'm satisfied. Content. Reverse, uh, reverse spirit fission, basically a spirit bomb. Yeah, your neck. Nah, it's different, man. It's a power transfer, so it's transferring from one person to another. A hundred percent. But would you agree that the imagery the used, the imagery used for which the the imagery used by Vegeta or the poses even imagery displayed, would you agree that you were obviously meant to feel like Vegeta was throwing a spirit bomb? Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, a bit. Yeah. A bit? That's not enough, man. <laughs> you said rapid styles. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> yeah, rapid style. So you fucking disagreed anyway. <laughs> what do you think of Giant Goku and did it confuse you? Like the fucking Vegeta spirit bomb thing did apparently? Yeah. Didn't like it. Didn't it's like it one bit. Av- it was Avatar fucking Aang right there. <laughs> I thought his name was Avatar Aang. Goku. Shut oh, up. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 
That, the, uh, reason, the reason why I learned something about the, the name Ung is because they made a, like, fucking draggable evolution version of fucking Avatar, and it was shit. I usually watch Dragon Ball Evolution once a year. That's not even a joke. I've watched it once a year, every year since this podcast has started. It gets better every time, and by better, I mean it gets easier to laugh at. How sad is it that those two characters are from Shameless? Who hurt you? Probably some butlery in there somewhere. There was yep. definitely some butlery in there. With some Moby Huge. <laughs> hashtag butlery, hashtag Moby Huge, hashtag Transformers that are actually dildos. Last question. <laughs> Oob ends up being the deciding factor in the God Key realm, and he's now met the Dio, Dai Kaioshin. What's next for Oob? You kind of already answered that one, didn't you? Yeah. All right, so Giant Goku didn't confuse you? No, I just didn't like it. Did you change your mind about Vegeta doing the spirit bomb, basically, that was actually just transfer of energy, but obviously was meant to be the visual representation of Vegeta doing a spirit bomb over Goku? Did you change your mind on that? <laughs> no, I'm still the same. You fuck. Go back to Australia. <laughs> You're already there. Never mind. All right, well... Um, this has been fun. Uh, chapter 66. What the hell was the name of this ridiculous chapter? Moro, consumer of worlds, except he's now dead, which is cool because that means we're at the end of this super long, super like callback. Hey, remember this part of Dragon Ball arc? It's been a long road to get to this. Um, I feel like the Tournament of Power was fucking forever ago. And uh, that's not a good way to feel at the conclusion of this arc, given how hopeful and happy I was for the first four, five, six chapters. Like, it started in a good place, and it ended in a stale place, and it's just, uh, it's good to have it over with. The best part of this chapter and this arc is the end, because it's over. I know that's like a joke normally, but legitimately, the best part of this thing is the end, because it's over. Oob might be involved now. It signals potentially them moving forward with the story out of the static time that I've been begging them to move out of for forever. Um, let's hope. You know, we'll see what happens with uh, next month's chapter. We'll see what Beerus and Weiss have to talk to the Grand Priest about. Um, anyway, thanking the patrons, Marcus, Reese. Thank you guys for supporting us. If you guys. If you guys want to get in on the conversation, we do these once a month when the new manga chapters drop. Patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope at that $5 tier. You can jump in on these conversations and let me know how you feel, even if it's wrong. Reese. Um, uh, <laughs> Marcus, your first time on. Anything you want to conclude with, my friend? Uh, listen, thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me be a part of it. Uh, I don't get an opportunity to talk about Dragon Ball as much as I'd like to, so it's it's great to have this opportunity. And I will say, you are a very well-spoken individual, and uh, it sounds like you've been listening to Super Dope for a very long time, and I love it, and I'm happy that to have you with us today and be part of the conversation. Uh, Reese, I talked to your um, smelly ass. I don't know that your ass is actually smelly, but Reese, I talk to your smelly ass all the time. Um, any any thoughts that you want to part with uh, after this conversation today? No, thanks for having me again, man. It's always good to have... Um group of people to talk a bit of shit with about dragon ball with i don't really have uh, any mates that are too big into it so i can't really have normal conversations with them about it yeah so, um it's good. that's my favorite thing about super dope is what you two guys just said i never thought about like when we started it was because i just uh i was already talking to my buddies about it every week anyway because we're fucking nerds like that I always have been but um 
I never thought that angle would be the thing to appeal to people. People who are just like, I don't have anyone to talk about Dragon Ball with. I thought everyone had somebody to talk to Dragon Ball with, uh, talk about Dragon Ball with. So um, I'm glad we can help uh, solve that one for you guys. Um, appreciate your continued support. You guys have been OG supporters like really since pretty much the beginning. Reese, I'm not sure when you came on, but uh, me and Marcus figured out he's been listening pretty much since the first month of the show. So um, over three years now. Um Thank you, guys. Uh, Leonard, anything uh, going on in your world in terms of the podcast stuff? What What are you up to, brother? Uh, maybe starting a new podcast soon, so stay in tune with that. Um, NPC, uh, we're, we're back doing monthly again, um, or bi-weekly, whichever we do. Uh, we're basically back. We're uh, on a regular schedule, and I'm going to be part of a new one that's basically Dungeons & Dragons, and it's going to be my first time playing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're making a dungeon. You are like, uh, is somebody else putting it together? Because we, I Paul only, is putting I, it together. Paul is putting it together. All right. Well, we've been, we've been working on a Dungeons and Dragons pod too, I guess, concurrently. So mm. I think we need to collide at some point. Yeah. Well, I guess my question is, are you guys doing actual Dungeons and Dragons? Are you doing Pathfinder? Are you doing a GURPS? Like, what are you guys doing? We are doing the full story of everyone acts their role, everything like that. So I don't I don't necessarily know. <laughs> but are you playing the game Dungeons and Dragons? Like are you playing Apparently we 3. are point five? Are you playing five five point I have no idea. Oh, that's right. You've That'd never be... played. You just said that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm being the dickhead right now. Um Paul knows a little bit better than I well, obviously a lot better than I have you rolled up your character yet? Um, we kinda have. Um we actually need to re- uh discuss it a little bit more because he wanted to talk a little bit more about it. What are you um, gonna play? Basically, a black person. <laughs> you realize that black person is not a class in Dungeons and Dragons, right? That is true, but if you think about it, how rare is it to find a black person in a Dungeons and Dragon game? That's true. I guess there weren't very many blackies running around in uh, medieval England back in the fucking 1400s. Good call. Exactly. So, seriously, what's your class going to be? It can't be black person. That's not a class in Dungeons and Dragons. Are you going to be a rogue or a thief or um, oh, that's be a, a good fighter question. or a paladin or like black person is not a class. Like, what are you doing? I I normally play a hobbit, <clears throat> the uh, hobbit rogue. So like I'm in the shadows. I have like crossbows and throwing axes and shit, but I'm small and meek and I'm hiding and like I said, people. I'm fairly new to this, <laughs> so I still don't know all the kinks yet, but. I'm Kings. trying to, yes, butlery, um, but I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> Hashtag butlery. All right, fine. I'll fucking stop giving you the third degree with Dungeons Dragons, all right? Um, I think at some point in the not-so-distant future, myself, Carlton, Russell the Muscle, uh, maybe a couple of other people may be doing some kind of, uh, I won't say D&D, but a role-playing game on Twitch. Um, Go on. I'm pl- I'm pushing for more of like a My Hero Academia X-Men kind of thing where you can like make your own superheroes kind of world. That sounds way more fun to me personally, but Carlton's got this thing about um, spiked uh, dildos and chain mail. So <laughs> it's an uphill battle. I don't know if he will ever. <laughs> Butlery tier two. Yeah, that that's next level. 
Hashtag Butlery1492. 1492, <laughs> Columbus sailed in ocean blue and shoved a spiked dildo up Carlton's pooperoo. Anyway, that's going to do it for Dragon Ball Super Dope this week. <laughs> Make sure you rate. Poopero is how I just ended that. Make sure you guys rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and just Spotify. <laughs> YouTube, all the places where the podcasts live. YouTube.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. And if you want to be involved in our Patreon discussions, Patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. I actually just put up a free post today. Uh, it's an audio commentary track of me. And Mini Van Dan doing uh, or doing a commentary for Mandalorian uh, season two, episode four, The Siege. So uh, we had a blast doing that. It was a very easy and effective way for us to um, do commentary on other IPs that we love, other nerdy shit that we watch every week anyway, but without having to launch an entire motherfucking podcast around it because, you know. Believe it or not, this shit takes time and work sometimes. So um, if you want to go check out that free commentary track, do it. Link's in the show notes. Um, Thank you, Leonard, for co-hosting, anchoring this nonsense. Marcus Reese for weighing in on the big heavy issues about me feuding with Facebook people and dildos and all that. It was a great time. Um, Hope to see you all again very soon. And I'm gonna end this with the song. I, it's a song that I uh, I know pretty well. Uh, it's a song I believe it's called "Limit Break X Survivor," Genkai Topa Survivor, maybe in Japanese. Uh, I do an acoustic version of it. Starts each show. That's me playing the gitter. Um, it ends with uh. But I usually make up funny words. So, what do we talk about today? Um, butlery. Dildo, butlery. butlery. For sure. Butlery, for sure. We got to work in butlery. Uh, Reese did a Mr. Rogers thing, Giant Goku, Ryan and the Spirit Bomb. Leonard's always right. Leonard's always right. Ooh. That's a lot to work in. Uh, all right. Well, you know what I always say. Just uh, figure it out as you go. Butlery King Leonard's always right. Didn't rhyme. Didn't work. It worked, though. I love y'all. Talk to you soon. Super dope.